I was driving here recently, as you turn to Acts 15, I was driving here recently, and as I was driving down 19, I looked over, and there was a, and as I say this, this isn't a blanket statement, because anybody you see walking from point A to point B doesn't mean that they're what the Lord spoke to me in that moment. So please hear my heart when I say this. It was something the, the Lord laid on my heart. And they were obviously a drifter. And as they were walking up the road, I drove by and I felt like the Holy Spirit in that moment said, a lot of my people are spiritual drifters. And a spiritual drifter is somebody who never really truly plants themselves into a a household of faith. Is somebody who doesn't really ever connect themselves to spiritual authority. Is somebody who never really comes into a place of functioning in the God-given gifts and abilities that they have. And the Lord reminded me of another thing as I was praying about it. I'm like, Lord, I'm done with this. Do I go that direction even though it's going to be broken up? Or do I give this word that I felt like you laid on my heart a few weeks ago? And a story came back to my memory right at that moment that kind of led me again down the steps of seeing and thinking, Lord, this is the direction right now for tonight. So I really consider this a now teaching for this body. But it's a teaching that the Lord reminded me is a core teaching of this church. And the core teaching of this church. So if you're here and you came because of the Angels and Demons series, God wanted you here to hear something else. Can we just all decide that? Okay. So I was reminded me of a story that was really bizarre, but it came to my memory. And I thought, well, this kind of this kind of ties in with what I want to talk about tonight. And what I want to talk about tonight is is spiritual drifters and proper spiritual authority. And I, the story I read, it, it, was, it happened down in Siesta Key, which is just down south of here. But such a bizarre story. They never really got to the bottom of where this thing came from. But this man's walking up the beach in, on Siesta Key, and he sees an 8-foot-tall, 100-pound Lego man. Wow. Lego. You ever see the Lego men? Yeah. You put a little hat on them or something. It's got the round top. It's got the feet that you can fit down on top of something. And they were so confused by this, but the story came to my mind because that thing had just drifted and drifted and drifted in the water, pushed along by the currents and by the waves and by, in other words, there was no, nobody could figure out what the purpose for this was. But I came to tell you tonight as teaching from the word of God, as we'll get into Acts 15, teaching from the word of God of how many people spiritually live their lives just drifting Never really rooted, never really planted, never really connected in. And tonight I want to teach from the, from the standpoint of if you understand authority, order, function, blessing, you will live a very full, a very rich, and a very rewarding spiritual life. Very rewarding. But it comes along with, this is a teaching that was taught to me very early on in my spiritual formation. And I will say tonight that I believe it has made one of the biggest differences in my life. So can you hear with ears of the Holy Spirit tonight? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together to hear of your word, to be able to dig into it and be able to learn of and from you. Father, we're talking tonight about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that first comes as a seed into our hearts, but then it manifests in a spiritual reality of being grouped together with like-minded, like-hearted people who have one goal and one goal alone, and that's to see Jesus glorified in this earth, to lift you up as King Jesus. So tonight, as I speak, I pray that anything said of me would fall by the wayside, 
But, Lord God, what you once said from this pulpit right here that you've placed me behind is said under the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit, Father. I ask for that. I ask for the helper to come. Help me and help the hearers receive the word of God implanted that has the ability to save their lives. So, God, we trust and rest upon you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. First Peter, you don't turn there, stay in Acts 15. First Peter 2, 4 through 5 says, As you come to him, which is Jesus, is to God, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So tonight I'm going to talk about authority, order, function, blessing. You guys ready? Look at Acts 15, verse 1. And certain men went, everybody say went, went, down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now stop there and look back this way. Where they're talking about these people who went down to a place, and that particular place was a church called Antioch. Antioch at this time was a hub of ministry. It was a sending church. It was a thriving church. It was a dynamic church. It was one of the earliest and first churches. It was where Paul operated out of. It was where the the, the people of God were laid hands on and they were sent. Everybody say sent. sent. My first point tonight is there's a big difference between went and sent. Are you hearing me? Yes. Throughout the book of times, throughout the book of Acts, each time there is a ministry launch, the words sent, you can study it, you can look at it in the book of Acts. It is a, a showing us that they, those people were operating by being sent out instead of deciding, I'm just going to go out. Amen? And they're sent from a cor- corporate body. Every place where ministries were sent, we see that there was the blessing of God And the purpose of God manifest in the sending, in the sent part of being sent out. So, why is that? Why did in Acts 1 being went cause dissension and cause trouble? And why do we see later on that those who went or were sent is completely different? And let me say this. It is because they weren't, they didn't just go, they were sent under God's blessing and God's authority. Everybody say authority. Authority. The first place that I want to start tonight in my understanding of the word of God is that God will place you in a house, in a spiritual body, as the scripture I just read, that we are living stones being built up as a holy habitation for the presence of God, for the purposes of God. And I've said this many times, and I'll say it again in this moment. We can accomplish a lot more together than we can alone. And as I drove past people that were just, you know, and again, this isn't a blanket statement. I've done enough homeless ministry and enough ministry throughout my life to understand that there's a hundred different reasons why somebody is in the position that they are. But I also know that there's a common thread in a lot of ministry that I've done concerning people who are drifters. And one of those common, common threads that I've experienced is they never submit to authority. It's true. I've even helped people and get them in rehab, and then I see them a week later. Well, what happened? Well, they told me what to do. It's like, wow, 
you know, of course they did. They have rules. They have a way that that place or house or whatever it is that you're inside of, they have a way that they operate. They have a way that they do things. So the first place that you come to in understanding, if you want to be somebody that's operating under true spiritual authority, is you submit yourself under God given. Now, the, the, the issue with talking about that is God delegates. Everybody say delegates. delegates. God, if, if you never recognize and understand God is the authority, you hear me? If you never understand that and submit to Him, and that is the safest place to be, amen? The reason it's the safest place to be is when you start to talk about subjects like authority, it can seem very self-serving to somebody in spiritual authority. And I, had, and I had that question as God told me the thing about there's a lot of my people who just spiritually drift. They don't ever come under, and they're, they're, they're hindered by it. They aren't, in other words, we all, who wants to be blessed in here? Just raise your hand and wave it. Absolutely. Everybody in here would say, I want to be blessed. But listen to me, you never will get to the blessing until you learn how to operate under authority. And the reason it can seem self-serving is that I asked that question. I said, Lord, I know what you're talking about when you say spiritual drifters. You're talking about those people who never really come under and submit to true spiritual authority. That's what you're, that's what you're saying to me right now. And I said, Lord, here's my thing. And I had a conversation with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. Just, just, it was more one-sided, I'll be honest with you. I said, Lord, here, here's my issue. Whenever that you start to talk about those things, it just it seems so self-serving. Like to stand up here and say, everybody submit to me as the pastor. And the Holy Spirit spoke something so profound to me in that moment. And he said this. He said, actually, the most difficult place to be is in your position. Because I expect so much more out of you to be the type of person that's worthy of integrity and leading the right way and leading with the right heart. Are you hearing me? I expect so much more out of you. Actually, submission is done by somebody who lays aside their own desires and will. One thing that I want to tell you tonight about spiritual authority is spiritual authority is best received, not taken. Yes. Amen? Amen? Spiritual authority is best to be received and not taken. One thing that I've told you, and I'll tell you many times as my time here to be a pastor um, continues on, I'll tell you this many times. I didn't call myself. Right? I've seen self-called leaders. And I wouldn't submit to them any more than I would submit to whatever. I wouldn't do that. But I have submitted to people that I look into their lives and I see something of Jesus to emulate. Something of the Lord to look in and see the integrity and see the love and to see the genuine concern for the flock. And one thing that I've I've, I've talked to the Lord a lot about, and this may sound strange to you, but let it sink in. Is I never wanted to be in a place of spiritual authority. But I think that's exactly the kind of people God can trust to have spiritual authority. It, it really is. It, it's something that I never said, man, I just, I can't wait to be a pastor. I was sitting on my couch one evening in the living room and felt the stir of God's call upon my life into ministry. And naturally I thought, well, I'm an usher. I'll be the head usher, right? Uh, I, I do homeless ministry. I'll just do more homeless ministry. I, and the Holy Spirit just came and settled in the room. And one of, the, one of the only qualifications you see this man standing on this platform before you today, the only qualification I have, it's not education. It, it's not, I'm definitely 
I don't know. I'm looking around. I might be the smartest person in this room. I'm not totally sure. I'm not one. I can't say that and be honest behind this pulpit. I'm not one, but I'm not the smartest person in this room. The qualification that I carry is the call of God upon my life. And when you are around people that genuinely have that call, one thing that they do is they stand the test of time. I'll be celebrating 20 years in full-time ministry next April. And I said all that to say when I received that call, it was confirmed by two or three different prophetic voices in my church. It was confirmed by others. It was confirmed by my pastor. It was confirmed by these people. So all I did was to set out to obey him. And when you set out to obey him, everybody in this room, and that will be in this room on Sunday, and will be in this room next Wednesday, and be in this room the Sunday after, everybody in this room, will be called to take a place of leadership and authority at some time in your spiritual walk with God. You absolutely will. So you need to understand how to operate in it. Because I want to tell you something tonight, and you need to get this and get this really, really deep. God's method is a man or a woman of God. Do you hear me? You say, well, why can't it be this way? Or why can't it be that way? Or why can't it do this? Or why can't... I've had these conversations with God and I've, I've dealt and, and dug into the scriptures. Why can't it be something, something different? And I always come back to when God wanted to accomplish something, he raised up a person. Yes. And then he got a group of people together that would submit to that authority. Why? So that we can all expand the kingdom of God. Because when you operate by God's principles then His plans and purposes will come to fruition in your life. You cannot get around that. So first thing we're going to talk about today is operating in spiritual authority or operating in the kingdom principle. Everybody say kingdom. Kingdom Kingdom principle sounds like this. Don't turn there. Luke 11, verses 1 through 2. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the very first thing that we do when we pray is we honor God, right? The very first thing we ask for after we have honored God is that his kingdom would come. Amen? Everybody say kingdom. Kingdom. You may not understand what a kingdom is. In the olden days, hundreds of years ago, or even we have an understanding of monarchy because there's still kings and queens in operation, really as figureheads and not really ruling. But we understand a little bit about a kingdom. But here's what a kingdom is. A king, what would a kingdom consist of? It would con- consist of a king, subjects, and a territory, right? right. Jesus is king. Jesus is the ultimate authority. Jesus is the one that when we say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are submitting ourselves and saying, God, your authority is final, your word is final, and I'm going to come under and submit to that. Who are the subjects? We're the subjects in the kingdom of God. What is the territory? The territory is the world that God wants to expand his kingdom into But listen to me, it is done by and through, primarily through delegated authority. Amen? Amen. So that's how a spiritual kingdom, and we're going to talk about this in our angels and demons, about the, the reality of the spirit realm. But that's how a spiritual kingdom becomes a physical reality in the earth. Do you understand that that's what God wants to do? 
He wants his kingdom to become a physical reality through the king, subjects, and the territory that God spiritually, and even in a way inside of our communities, want to reach out and to reach people. So you have a king. The king establishes authority. Authority establishes order. God is a God of order. When you see confusion and chaos, something of the enemy is operating. It's operating right there. You don't have to look too far to understand. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. Amen? Amen. He establishes the order. But listen to me. This is where I'm going to go. When you get into proper... Everybody say alignment. Alignment. When you get into proper order and alignment then the functioning of the gifts that God, as I read before, were all spiritual stones being built up as a spiritual house for God. Why? To expand the kingdom of God. And as we do that and you come into order, that order and the function that you function in, and I want everybody in this room to understand, you have a gifting, anointing, and calling from God. Absolutely. You absolutely do. Yes. And we're going to talk about how that order is in our families how that order is in the kingdom and in our churches and how that order is in these different spheres. Because when you understand God's order, when you submit yourself to the proper authority, the order naturally, spiritually begins to come into your life. And when you get the proper order, you begin to function in what you were called to do. And I came to tell you tonight, there is no greater blessing in life than functioning in how God created you to function. To function in the anointing, to function in the call. Some of you are called as intercessors. There's nothing more wonderful than, than praying for people and seeing those things manifest in people's lives. There's nothing more awesome than that. So we want, we want, we want God to bless us, but things do not function properly because there's not order in our lives because we have not ever come to the place, perhaps, of submitting to true spiritual authority. Authority. Understanding and submitting to the proper authority is one of the most important elements of our spiritual life. To state the obvious, our main authority is Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus is the authority. But God has delegated authority, amen, to men and women of God in order to establish his kingdom. Lots of people want that blessing part, but I'm going to tell you the secret to getting to the blessings of God is to follow this in your life. Number one, authority is given by God to serve and lead those being led. You hear me? Authority is given by God to serve and to lead those being led. God is all about authority, but listen, he's not into authority for selfish gain. How many have seen people use spiritual authority for selfish gain? I have. And listen, here's what I want to, here's what I want to tell you tonight right off the bat. God deals with that. <laughs> you can trust God to deal with those type of situations. Um, You will always in life, you should, you will always in life have somebody over you and you will have somebody, you should have somebody under you. Mm -hmm. Listen to me tonight. You say, well, I'm a leader. Just turn around. Is there anybody following you? Do you hear me? So... Understanding proper authority, number one, listen to this, only to the, to the degree we submit to authority can we operate in authority. Only the, to the degree that we submit to authority can we operate in, in authority. One of the, the great passages in the Bible is when the Roman centurion came to Jesus and, hey, my servants, and I'm paraphrasing here, my servant needs to be healed. And he said, 
I am a man under authority, and I understand authority. So you speak the word, and I believe it's going to happen. And Jesus said, I've not found so great a faith in all of Israel. This is somebody that saw the blessing come to pass because he truly understood what spiritual authority is. To gain authority, you first got to submit to authority. Listen, in order for a policeman to have the authority to operate within a town or municipality or a county, what does he have to do? He has to follow authority, right? He can't be out breaking the law and then arresting you for breaking the law. So a simple principle simply is, is that we first gain authority by submitting to authority. That's how spiritual authority operates. Those who operate in authority without coming under authority of others are both illegitimate and they are dangerous. dangerous. It's very dangerous to operate that way. Secondly, responsibility equals authority and authority is responsibility. Responsibility equals authority, and authority is responsibility. Listen, the measure of a person's authority is in direct proportion to their responsibility. Little responsibility means little authority. Are you following me? Authority without responsibility is frightening, while responsibility without authority is frightening. Right? Have you ever been given a job to do where you weren't given the authority to complete it? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about is in the same way that authority without the responsibility is dangerous, the authority, the, the responsibility without begin, being delegated the proper authority to accomplish your task can be equally frustrating and dangerous. Number three, submission is best voluntary. Everybody say voluntary. voluntary. Listen, a wise leader will never demand submission from people. Amen? Amen. Submission is best voluntary. Listen, In my experience, people are searching for leaders who are trustworthy, who are caring, who they know and understand are submitted to God and want the best for them. So spiritual authority isn't something you demand. It's something that people can recognize, look into your life, and submit to that because they know that the leader, whoever it may be. And listen, this isn't just from here to me. This is understanding that at some place and point in time, everybody in this room is going to be called upon to lead a men's group, to lead a cooking team, to be able to lead a rehab ministry, to be able to lead LC. You understand, to lead, to, you could get three people together and I delegate to you and say, hey, this needs to be done. You have to understand that the person that's delegated the authority, you honor that. Absolutely. You honor that authority. You honor that, that, that God has delegated into the kingdom. Those in authority will be judged with a greater judgment. That's sobering, isn't it? I'm reminded of that constantly. I'm like, Lord, I don't need a stricter judgment. I don't need to be in that place. So there's a reluctancy all throughout my life to take up and step up and be what I know God was calling me to be and to do. And uh, because I understood this is very important, You won't receive just a a harsher judgment from God. You'll receive a lot harsher judgment from other people. Yes. You will. You'll receive much harsher harsher judgment. And and let me tell you this. That's that's a good thing. Because we should hold our leaders to a higher standard. Brother Tommy Williams, one of my elders, told me one uh, one of the most profound things that he's ever told me. He's told me a lot of profound things. He said... Your conscience 
has to be much sharper than anybody else in this place. Wow. So as leaders, in understanding you don't take spiritual authority, God delegates it. Then you understand, and this is a sobering thing for anybody that steps into any level. Listen to me. I don't care if you're up there teaching children's church. If you're at that door as a security guard, if you're any of those things, you understand that you're operating in a level of God's delegated spiritual authority. And you have to understand the, 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 the seriousness of that. Amen? Amen? Authority can only be exercised within the sphere of specified responsibility. I don't have authority over the church across the street. Right? Right? I don't walk into Calvary up there in Inverness and stand, get up to the pulpit and look out and say, okay, everybody, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. To, you know. Because the principle is authority can only be exercised within the sphere of the specified responsibility. Just because a person has authority doesn't mean that it is unlimited. Amen? For instance, a policeman. A policeman may have authority over a particular municipality, Right? But he can't, I always love when I knew that the certain police officers, if I saw them out on the road, I'm like, oh, they're in the wrong county. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just telling you the truth of my wild days. I'm like, I don't think he really has the authority to pull me over here. You get out of Ohio, which Ohio State Highway Patrolmen are some of the most difficult to deal with. Because if you've ever driven in Ohio, I promise you, if you ever cross into Ohio within 10 miles of crossing over, you will see somebody pulled over by an Ohio State Highway Patrol. So I always breathe deep when I get across into Kentucky coming back south for Bible school or visiting Leah. And I looked around and said, oh, that's a, that, that, he's, on the other, he's on the other side. He really doesn't have authority to give me a ticket. But it's the same thing in the, the spiritual understanding of what authority is. Because when you step out of your sphere, when you step out of the sphere of authority that God has given you, you're no longer under authority. And you're in a dangerous place. And when you're in a dangerous place, not submitted under God's sphere of authority, listen to me, then the, the order begins to come out of your life. Right. The functioning of how God's created and called you to function in that sphere that you're, you're operating in begins to fall apart. And we sometimes, and I, everybody in here, I have, has asked a question at different times. Man, why isn't the blessing of God operating in my life? And there could be a lot of reasons for that. But I promise you, you could usually track it down to one of these places. That if you're not a spiritual drifter, if you're somebody that says, man, I want to come under and I want to be with a group of people and submit to proper authority. The, the fourth one, fifth one is the position of a person carries the weight of authority even when the person filling the position is flawed. The position of a person carries the weight of authority even when the... Here's why that's important to understand. Because people are flawed. Yes, yeah. I've said to you before and I'll say it tonight again. At some point, if you've been in this church long enough, I will and have disappointed you. Not intentionally, but I'm human like you are human. Yes. Amen? The, the analogy I use, and some of you have heard this before, but to me it's so profound. It's a, it's a, a mini-series called Band of Brothers. I don't suggest you watch it because you may not watch those certain type of things. But I love documentaries and, and war movies and things like that. I especially enjoyed this one. But towards the end of the, the, the mini-series, one particular man had gotten battlefield pr- promotions. Lieutenant, he was a major at this point. Major Dick Winters was sitting in a Jeep, and the man who had trained him, Captain Sobel, so captain is below major. And when he trained him, he was a lieutenant, right? right. 
through the battle and through those two, three years of battling, he got battlefield promotion. So as he walks by the Jeep, this man who he had trained was actually promoted to a level of authority that was above him. And he proceeded with a couple other gentlemen, walk right past him. And, and Major Dick Winter said, Captain Sobel. And he turned around and he said, yes. And he said, we salute the uniform, not the man. And there's a spiritual principle that's, uh, that is true there is that if you only submit to authority when you're in agreement with that authority, is everybody listening to me? Then you're operating outside of true authority. The position of a person carries the weight of authority even when the person filling the position is flawed. Listen, you think I'm just talking about the, the church? I'm talking about bosses. Come on, what is our witness and testimony? If your witness and testimony is that you're the employee that shows up and the boss is like, oh man, listen, change your heart tonight and understand God's authority. Elders, law enforcement, oh, this will hit you. You ready for this? Politicians? You won't hear me say anything negative about the office of the President of the United States. I know I just blasted 75% of y'all. Okay, Lord, you're convicting my heart right now in this moment because I just thought of something I said to Leah recently. Okay, Lord, I'm, forgive me, please. Our, our, our parents? Listen, that's important because when, you, when God said and gave us his moral law and gave us the Ten Commandments, he said, honor your mother and father that your days may be long on the earth. And I was explaining this to my daughter recently, and I said, listen, Holly, you're old enough and understand enough that I haven't always done everything honorable in my life. But I said, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to honor me as your parents. There's a spiritual principle there that even though something may not be honorable about your parents, there's still a heartfelt honoring that can happen in that sphere. Amen? When you have a proper understanding and relationship with authority in our lives, it causes the kingdom to come into order. Everybody say order. Order. God is a God of order. Just look at the universe. Look look around at God's creation. Look around at, at the things that are created. Most scholars would agree that the fall of Satan was probably between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. In Genesis 2, it literally says these words. It says, it, it, it says was, but that could easily be translated because, because the earth was with, without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. In simple terms is this, what God creates is perfect. When God speaks, it brings light and he brought light out of darkness and he began to order you listening to me? So God is a God of order. When sin takes hold of the things of the earth in our life, it produces confusion and disorder. Biblical law and biblical principles always bring stability and order. Order, simply put, is the proper arrangement of things. Amen? Amen. This principle operates in these areas of life. Your family. You have Christ. Man, wife, children. In our spiritual makeup, we are a spirit, a soul, and a body. 
right? There's an order that God created even in creating us. The church, Christ, fivefold ministry, elders, and body. That's God's order. There are two places in the church that God wants to set in order. The government of the church and in placing the people in the congregation in their proper place. Listen to me tonight. When you get under authority and you say, okay, I'm under authority, order does not happen by accident. Order does not happen by accident, but it's a crucial part of having a, an expression of the kingdom of God that's submitted to a king or the subjects, and we began to expand the kingdom of God into the world. And order doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about the order in your family. You have to be intentional about the order in yourself. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? The order in yourself is most of you are living controlled by your emotions. You're never meant to be led by your emotions. You're meant to be led by the Spirit of God. So I will literally say this, declare this over myself. Body, get in alignment with the Spirit. Soul, get in alignment with the Spirit of God. Because when you are a spirit... In communion with the Holy Spirit, you can tell your emotions, you are not going to rule over me today. Amen? You are not going to affect it. And even our physical bodies. Our physical bodies get out of whack and out of control because we aren't operating in order. Next is function. Everybody say function. Listen, this is the activity. We want to do activity. We want to operate in, I want to fulfill this. I want to function in what God has called I want to do what God has called me to do. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to, uh, to uh, aspire to. But function is a result of fulfilling what one was created to do. I want to fulfill what God created me and put me on this earth to do. That's functioning. While work is the expenditure of energy directed towards a goal, function is a performance of a role for which one is particularly gifted. You are gifted to function. You are gifted to walk in the order of God and the function of what God has given you to do. God has given everybody in here a set of gifts, right? Mm -hmm. One person told me today, they said, I don't know if I have a lot of spiritual gifts, but discernment is one of them. God's given you something, and he wants you to function in what he... Simply put, you have a function in this body. And listen, when you begin to function in what God has called you to do, when you submit yourself to true spiritual authority, you come under spiritual authority, and then you begin to to order your life, intentionally order your life, then you step out and you begin to function in whatever God's gifting and calling that you have in that moment, then you get the blessing. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. In one sentence... What is the blessing that I'm talking about tonight? Because as a pastor and a shepherd, my goal and heart is onefold. It's to see you live a blessed life. That doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that you don't go through hard times, storms, and difficulties. It doesn't mean any of those things. But how many would say in here that you've experienced God just blessing your life? Oh, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. (laughs) We are looking for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the blessing. That should be the blessing every church is focused on. That should be the blessing every family is focused on. That should be the blessing that any endeavor that we take 
This applies to you on your job. This applies to you in your family. This applies to you in your relationships. Everything across the board can be summed up in the the blessing of one sentence, that we are here to introduce and expand the kingdom of God into our families, our schools, our workplaces, and into the community of Homosassa, Florida. Do you ever notice that Jesus said this? Jesus said that he would build the church. Did he not say that? I will build the church. But listen, we are to expand the kingdom. We are to expand the kingdom. I want to even take that a step further. Stand with me tonight. I want to take that a step further. Because when we talk about blessings, you may be like me. Be like, man, that new truck that I looked at the other day. That's... And it's so easy to get caught up in what I'm talking about tonight to say, yeah, that's the, listen, let me turn that around a little bit. It's not only expand, ex- extending the kingdom of God. Listen, there is nothing more awesome than understanding that God would use you to be a conduit of blessing to other people. I mean, I think of those years on the mission field of how many people sacrificially, we had one in particular, um, one of the, the, the older ladies in the church, she was such a precious woman of God. I got very close to her. Uh, been in Leah's dad's church for a long, 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 long time. And uh, she faithfully, and, and she, lived on, she lived on a very meager amount. I knew what she was pouring into our ministry. Looked small by our standards. I think she was able to support us maybe 20 or $25 a month. But the joy that I would see on her face when I, we'd come back from the mission field and say, this this outreach that we did, there was one in particular we did in a very large municipality. And over the three days that we were there serving and, and doing medical and doing all these things, we had, I think, over those three days, I think we had like 3,600 people come through wow. to be served. And every single one of them was presented the gospel and given the opportunity. So there were hundreds and hundreds. So when I came back, I sat down with her as we were having a meal there at church like we do here at Share type of thing. I sat down and I just began to tell her about, and just, 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 just the joy that began to come across her face. There's nothing like getting into the function of what God has called you to do. But I came just to remind everybody tonight that spiritual drifters don't ever get to that place of being fulfilled in the blessing. And they usually go off saying, well, this whole God thing, it doesn't work. This whole church thing, I tried it and it doesn't really fulfill and it doesn't. And they never come into the principles of God's Word because the principles of God's Word translate into God's purposes, His plans, and His provision for everything He's calling you to do. And the the biggest blessings in my entire life have not been by way of somebody buying me something or being able to afford something greater or anything like that. The greatest blessings of my life that I've come into, into the place of is where God uses me as a conduit to bless other people. Listen to me now. That is expanding the kingdom of God. If the word of God says that a cup of cold water given in his name does not go without a prophet's reward, I don't even know what a prophet's reward is, but it sounds like something I would like. It does. It sounds like something I would really be into. And I'm like, God... So we oftentimes, and, and I don't even want you thinking in these terms of, well, i got to do this. 
When you come under genuine spiritual authority and your life begins to to be ordered and that's intentional, then you begin to function in how God created you. One thing I want you to do here at Christian Center Church is I want you to be you that God... I'm not trying to create cookie-cutter disciples. God has a gift mix and a personality. Quit thinking that God made a mistake with the way that He created you. He did not. Because there are going to be people that only you can reach. It's the truth, but the greatest blessings in my life that I've ever, I've ever been able to receive from God is following these same principles of years. If, listen to me. If, if you serve as an associate pastor at a church and an outreach pastor, but I was the associate for eight, nine years, when you do that, there's plenty of times where I chafed up, up against spiritual authority. I just look at a situation and say, why is he handling it like that? I don't know why he did that, and I don't know why he... I would have done it this way. And the Holy Spirit would just come so lovingly and just, just, just gently convict my heart of saying, I'm calling you to submit to this because I'm going to teach you. I will never, Jason, give you spiritual authority until you learn how to operate under it. Amen? Amen. And it's authority, order, function, and then God's blessings come. But just remind you, the blessings aren't so you can have a bigger house necessarily. If God wants to do that, listen to me. I'm not. You guys know me. If God wants to, to, to bless you with whatever, but you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when something comes into your hand, that God knows He can flow it through you. That is the greatest blessing you could ever have. Amen? Father, tonight as we've studied Your Word, as I've shared my heart and taught, I pray this would be much more than just another Wednesday night, another time to be here. But I really genuinely pray that you bind this body together in unity. The Father God, that our hearts and desire for the people here is that we would operate in the gifts and the callings that you've placed within us. That God, we would come into the, the vision of the house at Christian Center that you have, not what man has. That we would come under the vision of the house of what you have for each individual life, but also corporately together. That you're building us up as living stones into a beautiful spiritual house. Not just us here, but Father, the body of Christ extended all across this area, this county, this state. Lord, we are one mind and one heart that we want to see the kingdom of God expand into every place of this country. God, you've called your church to do that. You've called your bride to do that. So, Father, tonight, if there's any spiritual drifter in me, I pray tonight that you would deal with me first and foremost, that you would deal with each heart to look for those signs where, God, we are just drifting along and not plugged into the kingdom purposes of God for which you have called us for such a time as this. Father, we desire to see souls saved in Homosassa, Florida. Give us vision. Give us the unction and give us the precious Holy Spirit so that we can be blessing to other people, Father. As we hear your word and we receive it with with gratefulness tonight, Lord, we pray it would change us from glory to glory and faith to faith, Father. I bless the people tonight here at Christian Center as they go, that they would be blessed as they travel, blessed when they come back at the appointed time. Father, your presence is continually with us, and may they go with the presence of God literally in them and surrounding them, that we may pour out on somebody else as we meet them, God. 
In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said. Amen. 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 Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. We'll see you Sunday, Lord willing. Amen.